0: You are listening to Oliver Dixon on the Station of the Year. Ten minutes after 10 p.m., you're listening to Night Talk. My name is Oliver Dixon. Thank you so much for the honor and the pleasure of your company. Uh, coming up, uh, like I said to you in our first conversation this evening, we're going really be taking a deep dive into that ZEP permit conversation judgment coming out in the High Court today. Two separate judgments, but we're going to start off uh, by uh, focusing on the judgment that had the Zimbabwe Permit Holders Association Uh, as an applicant or at least the Zimbabwean Immigration Federation as an applicant in that judgment, and of course the respondents, their first respondent being the Minister of Home Affairs, uh, the Director General of Home Affairs, and various other. Uh, and we're going to start of this conversation with Luke Mufaro Zviti, who's the chairman of the uh, Zimbabwean Immigration Federation. Two part judgment, Luke, that you guys received today in court. Part A of it being the urgent interdict, saying that uh, the minister cannot go ahead. Uh, and determine it expired and act upon the pre, uh, the legal prescripts uh, through which uh, those as a result of the expiration will be declared as undocumented foreign nationals in South Africa. As it stands, the judgment says that upon the conclusion of Part B of the application, uh, the minister cannot uh, determine them uh, undocumented, and therefore the... Uh, the the permits will hold on for much 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 longer a much needed sigh of relief to permit holders uh, as that race to the december deadline is finally uh, you know off their shoulders of course pending uh, review applications or at least interdict applications sorry uh, re- uh, going through the appellate system uh, where there will be applications for review on these particular judgments uh, but a sigh of relief nonetheless
1: Yes, I can hear you. Good evening and good evening to all of you listeners.
0: Yes, thank you so much. How do you guys receive the Part A application of the judgment?
1: Yes, we have received the uh, Part A application of the judgment and it has been uh, granted in our favor. We um, The ZTP has been extended by another year to 28 June 2024 so that uh, we I will supply and file our Part B before 28 June 2024, which means we are likely going to be extended by another three years because a uh, case like Part Visa for three years, so we might be staying in the country until year 2027. But uh, furthermore, even if the court uh, extended to 28 June 2024, you know, kids cannot be stopped from going to school in the middle in the middle of the year, so the High Court will likely yeah. extend by another six months. Uh, to the end of next
0: day. As it currently stands, the uh, there's an expiration date of December for the ZTP permits. Should uh, the minister uh, file a a uh, you know an appeal to this, and should they win the appeal, uh, it means that that expiration date becomes alive again.
1: If he files an appeal and the court overturns the previous ruling, which they have done, which is most unlikely because employers would have extended the term for the employees, you know, it means uh, what the minister said about December 2023 ending of the the DP permit to become valid again. He only has to appeal with the hope that he will win. But if he continues to lose, like what's happening, you'll be paying more costs, especially at this time to the Ellen Sussman Foundation case because on ours we can only pay such costs at the end of Part B.
0: Yeah. As it currently stands, we don't know if the minister will be appealing uh, part uh, the Part A part of the judgment. Uh, but Part B of the judgment is yet to be heard. And in fact, part of the arguments that you guys are making in Part B of the judgment is that the minister acted outside of his powers. And that the minister failed to take into account relevant considerations in, in making the impugned decision. That is to say, you're effectively arguing that the minister of home affairs can at no point make a decision for the ZEP permit to be withdrawn entirely. Do you mind taking us through the thought process around those arguments?
1: Okay, the minister made an impugned decision or a flawed uh, made flawed processes because, in the first place. He flouted a uh, promotion of Administrative and Justice Act number no. three of year 2000, where you are supposed to give enough time for the affected individuals who are the TP permit holders in this matter to make representations. But all we know is that on 27 November 2021, Minister Gungumbele appeared on TV saying the the TV permit to end on 31 December. That's what the cabinet agreed, including the cabinet includes the Home Affairs Minister before we made representations. If we were asked to make representation, we have told him that when they gave us the SP in 2014, uh, they wanted letters that we are permanently employed. So if one is permanently employed, this is for a legitimate expectations to work forever in a country because they wanted letters of permanent employment. And so uh, people who are permanently employed start paying pension because they are going to wait forever. And uh, those are the representations we're going to make. And number two is that the process has been flawed in a manner that you see when you're applying for a waiver, an applicant is asked to motivate as to why uh, Zimbabwean was employed and not a South African, but the applicant did not interview himself. You can't go to an interview and ask the employer if you got in uh, a South African, you only look for a job, and uh, an, employ- an employee cannot motivate as to why a, a, his employer got a uh, Zimbabwean got him instead of South African because the employer would not say anything to the applicant apart from offering a job. So the issue of the waiver, which is a flawed process, was supposed to be yeah. between the employer and labor department. That's so, way, those so issues must be discussed not for the applicants. So, look, what do you do? Has, what do you know, do in um, an
0: instance where the Minister of Labour, uh, Tulastree, let, comes out and says, "Well, uh, all employers who have employed Zimbabweans on this permit uh, and employed them into rare uh, into job or posts that do not qualify what we as the Department of Labour defines as rare skills." for which foreign nationals can have an uh, equal opportunity to (coughs) apply for, must then dismiss them because their employment is irregular. And failure to do so, you'll meet out the requisite sanctions as spelled out by the law, which is a fine, perhaps even in certain instances, jail times, where it is uh, criminally flouted. In that instance, you run the risk of permanently employed Zimbabweans potentially losing their jobs, which means that Muzualedi's argument as home affairs then becomes alive once again.
1: Well, uh the Labour Department Minister will not be able to say if you employ permanently a Zimbabwean holding an exemption permit, uh you are liable to prosecution because the permit that we had which is the DZP did not say that uh did not have conditions that you must employ a South African before employing this one. It the permit only says this person is allowed to live and work in South Africa. It didn't affect the conditions right. that you must get in South Africa. Now, if he should change his mind on the terms of Zimbabwe exemption permits, what are they going to do with other foreign people who are white people from Europe? Right. And people from Lesotho who also hold exemption permits, and they cannot only marginalize Zimbabweans because those Angoli people from Angola who are holding similar exemption permits got and residence. The, the operation to Tula and other Department of Home Affairs did not go to court to say, these people are finishing jobs in South Africa. They gave them permanent residence and the same privilege must also be ported uh, to Zimbabwe. If they should say, no, we do not want foreigners, in other words, they are saying even white people must go away from South Africa, who are originally from Europe. You are now saying Indian people must go back to India. And uh, that is the case where we involved a lot of other parties. To, hey, who are so. Who are so in, you not perhaps, look
0: incorrectly conflating things there and using perhaps the sentiment of political rhetoric to sell that argument? Because if it's about European white people living in South Africa, the question is not about uh, the heritage and lineage. The question is about nationality and citizenship, right? So obviously, yeah. this doesn't this doesn't pertain to them. In the same way, it wouldn't pertain to Zimbabwean uh, people of Zimbabwean heritage born in South Africa, which there are many of, right? the The yeah. argument pertains very specifically to permit holders, uh, and 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 of course, there's a more uh, contemporary history. Around permit holders, but perhaps consider this uh, this question, and I and I and I think this is at the nub of the issue here. What about Zimbabwean nationals living in South Africa on the basis of this permit, but do not have any sense of formal employment?
2: Uh, well, it happens
1: that uh, most Zimbabweans who got permits during the time of COVID, some of them lost jobs just like South Africans, but uh, before COVID. Uh, they were permanently employed and they built houses here and they kids going to school here. So they, one cannot say the job, he has lost a job and he must now forget the country and go back. They keep on looking for another job because the permit allows them to live and work in South Africa. The permit doesn't say, uh, you are Zimbabwe now, uh, you must go back to your country because there's high unemployment rate in South Africa. High unemployment was not a result of the T P because before COVID, when we started, we, we the unemployment rate in South Africa was about 12%, but our figure is going down. The, the number of the TP holders is going down, and the unemployment rate has been going up because during COVID, a lot of companies closed, and yeah. so it was not a blame to be given to the TP holders. It was a blame that uh, uh, during COVID, the government shut down companies, uh, most of them after they were allowed to reopen. a lot of areas and uh, things which were not paid for. Or lots yeah. Of so,
0: so, so, yeah. Just maybe the last issue around this uh, to, to 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 cadence this off, Luke. Uh, what Minister already is saying is that look. We're not saying go home, we're saying apply for any one of the other 20, 30 plus visa regime options that we have in the country, and should you be successful, you'll be able to stay on in the country, just not continuously on the basis of the permit. Should you be unsuccessful and not receive a waiver, it is on that basis that you go home. So if you're employed in South Africa, or if you have a child or children born in South Africa going to school in South Africa, legitimately so, this, the Permit expiration doesn't quite concern you because there are other visa options that you can look to. This really will uh, make life difficult for those who don't have any of the necessary grounds and prerequisites that meet the standard of any of the other visa regimes that exist in the country.
1: Okay, this is how float the processes. is. float the the way it is float is in a manner that uh, when you decide to apply for other visas as uh, the. Listed on the website of the Department of Immigration of uh, Affairs you apply as if you have never lived in South Africa because those application processes, when you go to apply, it tells you when are you intending to visit South Africa, which makes a GP order look like you have never lived in South Africa. The waiver is also in slow process. Like in the mean, I told you that uh, an applicant is asked to motivate why he was employed and not a South African. You see, an applicant, can, can a person employed cannot tell why he was employed and, right. and not a South African because he got a job. That's how flawed it is. The minister was supposed to make a link for the workers who are already living in the country, not to apply as if they are outside the country. This is why uh, no one has got a visa, and apart from all. Oh, a waiver is not a permit. This is just a document to say maybe I can wait this, 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 and that. But as far as you know, a lot of the TP applied in 2021. And on directive number 12 of 2021, the minister rejected all 1,900 waiver applications by uh, the holders with one directive. And before we went to court, everyone who would apply for a waiver would be told I've rejected because there are no jobs in South Africa for uh, this uh, high unemployment rate. That's when we went to court because some are employed permanently and one is employed permanently cannot be stopped when there's an agreement that is permanently because it's a labor issue. So those were representations we were going to make to say, okay, look, I'm paying pension. Say to mature, when I'm 62, if you don't renew my pension when I committed no offense at work and I'm working well, uh, I, I, I risk losing my pension. That is the, the, the reason we say this, uh, exemption permits must continue. We didn't say all all permits in the world must continue for other foreigners, right? So yeah. is this our exemption permits, because when we first started, the first permit is not yet conditioned. Coming up
0: on the... It is 26 minutes after 10 p.m. you're listening to Night Talk. My name is Oliver Dixon. I'm taking your reactions to this conversation, 86 I'm now joined by Khotato Moloto, uh, the president of Voice It in Action. Khotato, good evening. Welcome to Night Talk. Your organization, you guys protested against the extension of the ZTP permit. Why? All right. So we protested
2: against illegal immigration as a whole now oliver i'm confused as to which country we are in currently uh because we are taking so much time arguing you know i mean it's clear that the justice system has been uh, uh, bought because the laws were clear when they were drafted bought bought by who the... uh, Kotato. sorry
0: who bought the justice system
2: those who are fighting for the very extension and many other illegal uh, immigrants to be, you know, sustained in South Africa by South Africa. Oh, okay,
0: so how did they buy the justice system?
2: Well, I mean, you've got your, your, your foundations that are opening up cases and using various tactics to try and prolong the state of the. As immigrants. as is their
0: right, right? I mean, everyone can access the court. Everyone has a right to it, whether you're foreign or not.
2: Yes, that's true. However, the question is how many South Africans are being helped by this particular organization? I mean, when organizations are registered, they are registered purely to assist the country, right? The country that they come to. Um, nonprofit companies, public benefit organizations, you name them, are there to assist, alleviate the challenges in the country. So, which challenges are they alleviating by assisting foreign nationals over South Africans? How many? Okay, but but how, does that,
0: how does that equate to Kotatsu buying the justice system?
2: Now it equates to it because whoever that has got the resources can you know ap- apply these various delay tactics to ensure that the cases can ultimately go in their favor. Now, but it's not as though this it, case is
0: unopposed, right?
2: It is not opposed, however, there are resources that are being put in to ensure that this case supports illegal immigration. Now, let me tell you why I'm saying that, um Oliver. First and foremost, you've got many companies in South Africa that are employing foreign nationals at a cheaper rate, which is ultimately, you know, um, affecting South Africans' bargaining potential as a whole. So, automatically, these companies want to remain relevant; they want to keep their profit high, so they will exploit uh, foreign nationals, etc. So, you might find that these companies are funding this and ultimately buying the justice system. Does that make sense, Oliver?
0: No, it absolutely doesn't. I think it's irresponsible to make the claim that the justice system is bought when you have absolutely no evidence to be able to shred that, right? It erodes the confidence and trust and credibility of the justice system when really what it is, it's legal litigation where people who have uh, went to court to oppose a decision made by the minister and cabinet. Ultimately, the minister, cabinet and the president have the resources, ample resources, by the way, to oppose in court these applications and make their arguments to that effect, as has been the case. They lost the argument. That doesn't mean the justice system is bought. It just means that the law has been applied to the best arguments possible.
2: Now, 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 here's where I'm coming with it, Oliver. Initially, the very piece, there were rules that were put there and these rules were accepted. And I mean, when the ministers are giving out these rules, the justice system accepts. Now, these sorry, rules, what what what, what were these rules? Oh, hold
0: on. What were the rules attached to the ZTP permit? All
2: right. So it was initially the ZSP, the Z... the yeah. You know, it had many different names um, throughout the years. But yeah. these rules are very simple. The first one, the very the ZSP permit, um, entitled. Holder to conduct work and employment, but it doesn't indicate what. So that the labor system can now also say, but these jobs are supposed to be for the Africans. You had many foreign nationals going to different organizations saying, I need a letter. Give me this letter so I can get this thing. And they would get that. Number two, the ZDP does not entitle the holder the right to apply for permanent residence, irrespective of the period of stay in in the RSA. Now where did that, what happened to that rule? That is rule number two. Rule number three: The permit will not be renewable or extendable. Now, those were laws that were set in and, and cast in stone. Right now, they are questioned you know through a legal process, and that's where I'm, I'm saying that the justice system is bought because these laws were there. Now they ask using the very same justice system to try and override the laws that were put there initially. The last law says. Permit holders cannot change conditions of his or her permit in South Africa. Now, the issuing of the ZDPs initially was to try and remedy undocumented Zimbabwean foreign nationals in the country, so that at least we can know who they are, all right? And those were the set rules. Initially, they were here illegally. If they are here illegally, it was initially a crime. So the current justice system is bought because they are defending a crime. Okay yeah. so there's a little bit of yeah there's a little bit of
0: a historicism there just a, a, a few things to consider right the ZTP permit was a response to the high influx of Zimbabwean refugees coming into South Africa. The minister himself, Arun Mutsaleri, on various times I've interviewed him on this, made the argument that there was a necessity for it because they could not handle the sheer numbers of Zimbabweans that they had to process via the paperwork. And so they figured it would be easier if they gave them this permit, which is the equivalent of granting somebody uh, a, a refugee status right except it was a special permit in this instance uh pertaining saying look you come from zimbabwe we understand why you left the country you don't have to come and perform uh, your 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 vulnerability to us we understand that's effectively what it said um, and then so they weren't illegal they were just undocumented to be made documented and regularized by this permit the permit which much like refugee laws says that once you have this thing, you are entitled to the full scope of rights like any other citizen in this country. That's what refugee permits the world over uh, uh, allow people so they can live and work and educate or go to school in this country as they have with no condition. It's not unique to South Africa. It's the world over. And then lastly, and this is very, very important here, is that at no point was it ever said that the ZTP permit is non-renewable and non-extendable. In fact, Ms. Minister Mutualeri was not the first to extend the ZTP permit.
2: But these documentations are the ZSP, which was what the ZTP was before. It was so just a man- change of it names. It's changing. just
0: semantics. The the substance is all the same.
2: Perfect. Now the laws were there and they were clear. So now we are fighting against the same laws that were put in place. And now we are opposing these laws to favor a particular group at the expense of South Africans. But I think that is very unfair. And, and uh, I mean, I'm explaining But I mean, I explained why. to you what
0: the law just said now, right, about what the laws of the ZTP permit is, that once you have it, you can apply for a job and you can go to a school if you need to. There's no limitation and condition to that. And ZTP permit holders did exactly that. Where exactly was the law flouted?
2: Oliver, at the expense of South Africans, these uh, these EEPs are extended consistently, at the expense of South Africans, where South African children don't have an opportunity to go to schools because the schools are full. Now, yes, they might have applied for it, but this document was, yes, initially to assist with the influx, but it's getting out of hand. Now, if the justice system or whoever that is in charge of the law which is our constitution, right? Is protecting foreign nationals over South Africans, that's the problem. You, you know, but, but, and, and I like the other points that were made initially. You know, during COVID, many poor olders lost their jobs, as South Africans did as well. What was happening to South Africans at the time? Did they not have opportunities? We, we do understand that there are problems and challenges um, that are. Every, every, everywhere, right? Yeah. It like all over the world. However, we cannot have in a country, South Africa, where, where foreign nationals are put first over South Africans. The influx, and, 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 and listen to this, the influx of foreign nationals at the time was a problem, and that's why they came up with this. It's still a problem today. And, 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 and the sad part is that it's at the expense of South Africans. So the law is constantly favoring foreign nationals over South Africans. Even right now, you are stating things that are within the constitution of South Africa, but they are stating foreign nationals over South Africans. We already have a problem, and South Africans in large numbers have been stating this problem. You, you know, so for me, it's it, it's a challenge, and I, I believe many other South Africans are frustrated, as you can hear in my voice. It's frustrating. It's frustrating that when the high unemployment rates exist in the country. So that's why I'm saying that the justice system is bought. Let me explain. I'm going, to, I'm going to say it again. It is bought in the sense that the very laws that were used to govern the ZDPs are now, are now under the very same laws that are being gone against over technicalities, over the fact that their children are now in schools, over the fact that they are now employed. How do they get into those schools? How do they get into those employment opportunities? Yes, they are applied, but at the expense of South Africans. South Africans are suffering. South Africans are still stuck in various positions. Yes, you do have South Africans who have made it, but it's not all of them. A majority of South Africans are still struggling, and we still have a justice system that favors foreign nationals at the expense of South Africans. And that's why I'm saying that it is bought, because it favors foreign nationals. Now, who has money takes on these uh, various activities. They can take on the justice system, you know, because they've got the resources, they've got the time, they've got the energy. And now the question comes into who's funding all of these things? Who's funding, you know, these various organizations that are defending foreign nationals? If they're organizations or entities in South Africa, are they not supposed to be alleviating challenges that South Africans are going through because you registered as an NPC or a nonprofit organization or an NGO to try and assist the people of that particular country? And now you're changing your focus, moving it from the people to yeah. foreign nationals.
0: Night Talk, giving you depth and texture to the conversations that matter.